Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. Provides an exit. That, that, that verse in Corinthians says there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new way for Satan to tempt you. Nothing, nothing new that somebody somewhere along the line hadn't experienced before. But the verse goes on to say, but God will always provide a way that you can escape, escape from that temptation. And that's what he did to David. But David didn't take it. And he sinned against God. Now you need to understand that there is always consequence for sinning against God. And as this story goes on, David recognizes that. It, it says that God was displeased with this thing, therefore he struck Israel. So David said to the God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing, but now I pray take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. So God speaks to another man, Gad, and he sends him to David, and he said, look, this sin will not go unpunished because I provided you an exit and you didn't take it, and you have sinned against me. And I can't allow that to stand because people will say, well, there's no consequences of sin. We can do whatever we want. And so God says to him, a very interesting thing in the whole sermon, you could, he says to him, you got three choices. You can have three years of drought. You can have uh, three months by your enemies attacking you. Or you can have three days in the hand of the Lord. Now, here's where David makes a good decision. He said, I don't want to fall into the hands of man. I'll accept the judgment of God. You're always better to accept what God sends at you than to try to reconcile life through what the world sends at you. And David says, I, I, I will take what, what you send, O Lord. And so, and God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it as he was destroying the Lord, looked and relented of disaster and said to, to the angel who is destroying it is enough. Now restrain yourself. God sent an angel against Israel. And if you read the verse before that, 70,000 people die because of David's sin. Let me say that again. 70,000 people die because of David's sin. Your sin has consequences for other people. I, I get tired of people telling me, well, I'm not hurting nobody but myself. That's not true. So David here repents. Now that's enough for the introduction. Let's get to where I want to go, okay? Begin with the ninth verse. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. Now Ornan turned and saw the angel and his four sons who were with him, and hid themselves. But Ornan continued threshing wheat. So David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David, and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. The central character in this part of the story is a man named Ornan. Now it's important to understand he was not an Israelite. 
He lived in the nation, but he was not an Israelite. He was a Jebusite. And apparently he had been blessed. He believed in the one true God. And he had been blessed. He had four sons. He had a, a, a prosperous farm business. He had the best threshing floor in the land. It was up high. You want a threshing floor up high so that when you thresh the wheat, the wind will blow the chaff away and the wheat will fall down. And it's interesting to me, in the midst of this, here's a person who's not an Israelite. He's a Jebusite, but he does worship the true God. Uh, and he's, he owns a piece of ground that's a traditional place where the Jews believed Abraham had offered Isaac. Very important piece of ground. That's why David wanted that particular piece of ground to offer sacrifice, because it's where Abraham had offered his son. But it's interesting to me to see the whole world is falling apart around him. 70,000 Israelites have died. The angel of the Lord has swept down and is bringing judgment on the land. And Ornan sees the judgment. It says that he saw the angel of the Lord. The Lord gave him the ability to see that angel that David was seeing. And his four sons, when they saw what was going on, man, they, 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 they lit a Kentucky phrase, I think, isn't it? They let a shuck out of there. Man, they, they, they took off. But not, not Ornan. Look what he did. But Ornan continued threshing wheat. The world around him was falling apart. There was a, a, multiple, a crisis going on. <coughs> Lives were being lost. But Ornan went about his daily business. Now you say, preacher, what's that mean? Here's what I want to tell you. We live in very difficult times. I, 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 I get tired of listening to the news, don't you? It's all bad unless you, unless you listen to the, uh, the fake news that tells you all this stuff is good, you know. Uh, everything seems to be just falling apart. And the answer is, what should we as Christians be doing? And I would say, as Ornan stayed and threshed the wheat, we ought to be about our daily business in the midst of difficult times. Listen, it, 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 nothing surprises God. And when you belong to Him, you ought to be able to roll with the flow of the tide because your trust and your hope is in Him. Uh, I was pr privileged this week to preach funeral for King Zorzi. I had the opportunity to visit with him a few weeks ago. And uh, we were talking, and he had told me that they wanted to send hospice over two and a half years ago. But he said no. And he battled the cancer and the, the problems he had his health-wise all that time. Up until the last week, he, Marty told me he went out and mowed. Now, that may seem strange to some of us. But he was being who he was as a child of God. You see, Ornan didn't run and panic. He didn't hide. He didn't say, oh, my goodness. He, he, didn't, or he didn't stand up and say, well, I'm, I'm safe because I'm a Jebusite. He said, I'm just going to go thrash wheat because that's what I do. The world is looking at you and I in the midst of all these crises. And if we're living in panic mode, they're saying their faith isn't worth anything. 
if we're, we're, we're worrying and worrying and worrying about how inflation is going to be and how gas prices are going to be, do I like paying five? Oh, I feel, oh my goodness. Gary, I was filling my tank the other day and I hit a hundred bucks and my hand started shaking. <laughs> in the midst of everything that's going wrong, we should be the stable force in the midst of life with that calm peace that Scripture says that passes understanding. I can't explain it to you, but it's real because it comes from Jesus Christ being the life of the believer. And Ornan said, look, I'm going to be about my business. We'll see what God does. But his witness was, my faith is in God and, and my trust in him, is in Him and my hope is in Him and this is all going to come through somehow if I believe and trust in him. Now I want you to see what happened. So David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David, and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. David was the king. He's paying due respect. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me for full price, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Ornan said to David, Take it to yourself, and let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for the burnt offering, the threshing implements for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. You can look through the Bible, and I don't think you'll find a more complete sacrifice other than Jesus Christ on the cross than Horton made. His living depended on that threshing floor. His having the ability to support his family, his four sons, his wife, and who knows how many daughters, depended on that threshing floor. It was his pr most prized possession, that threshing floor. It was a traditional place where Abraham offered up Isaac. It was lifted up and high. And David comes and he says, I want to buy that at a fair price. David doesn't say, give me that. As the king, by the way, he had the authority to do that. He could have just come in and said, look, we're taking that over because we need it. Clear your stuff out. But he went to him and did what was right. He said, I want to buy that. And I want you to see Ornan's uh, response. You know, a lot of people would say, uh, why, why is this going to cost me? That's mine. I didn't do anything. You sinned. Wasn't me that did the census. I'm not even an Israelite. I'm a Jebusite. What's this got to do with me? That's not his reaction. His reaction was complete and total willingness to sacrifice. He says to him, take it. That's pretty simple. Take it. He's willing to sacrifice. And he says, notice David asked for the threshing floor. Ornan says, take it all. Take the wood to build. Take the oxen for offering. It's all yours. It's all God's. I give it to God. I give God the glory and the honor. He had a key understanding of stewardship. He's an Old Testament fellow. He's a Jebusite, but he understands stewardship. He would tell you if he were this, here this morning, sure, I gave it all, but it wasn't mine in the first place. It belonged to God. Amen. 
and God just gave it to me. And so I'm giving it back to God to give him honor and to give him glory. I'm willing to sacrifice. Take it all. Sacrificial generosity. As stewards, we need to understand that no matter what we have, $5, $50, $500, or $50 million, if we're a Christian, it belongs to God. It was endued upon us by our Heavenly Father for a purpose and a reason. And we should understand that there's times when we need to give, we should give regularly into the work of the kingdom of God. I recommend the biblical 10%. I always tell my grandkids when they do a job for me, here's, your, here's the rule. I'm going to pay you, but 10% of it goes to the Lord. 10% of it goes into savings and the rest of it. I don't care what you do with it as long as you don't buy cigarette booze and bad books. Uh, and so far they follow that pretty well. Uh, About that time that I spoke of when our son was born, I was preaching in a little old church in Universal, Indiana, by the way. Uh, well, King Gorsey had some family there years and years ago, long before I got there. And we were struggling. I was making $15 a week and driving 35 miles one way to preach. And one Saturday night, I told Joanna, I said, to, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Our tithe is due, and we don't have that much in the checking account. Now, I can tell you how bad our checking account was, can it, doesn't it? You know. and so we, we prayed about it, and she wrote a check. And on Sunday, I put a check in the offering that was going to bounce, but I put it in there with faith and trust. On Monday, I went to school, and a guy came up to me, and he said, hey, you don't remember. Probably, he said, but last summer you borrowed some money off of me, and here it is. And here's a couple bucks, because I appreciate you not nagging me about it and asking for it. It covered the check and bought lunch at McDonald's. Now, that's when you could buy a hamburger at McDonald's for 15 cents, but he still bought lunch at McDonald's. You understand what I'm saying? If you honor God in giving, God honors you. You know, there's certain things in the Scripture that come with promises. The, 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 among the Ten Commandments is honor the father and mother, and that God will bless you and give you a long life. And the Scripture says, you know, if you pour out to God, He will rain down for heaven and bless you. It also says, if my people who are called by my name will repent of their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And a part of what we should be sacrificing to God right now in the midst of all this is our, the sacrifice of prayer and praise. Praising Him for being the continuous thing in the midst of all the change and praying for Him to take hold and take charge and bless His people and bless their land. David was moved by all this. Then King David said to Ornan, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. 
For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. David says, I understand your heart, Ornan, and you're, you're, I understand that. But it's my sin. And I won't take that for no price. You see, he's learned a lesson off of Ornan already here. He said, if I'm going to offer a sacrifice to God, it has to cost me something. It has to cost me something. And he does it willingly and cheerfully. Then the king said to David, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. He gives him full and fair value, and he does it gladly because he knows that he has sinned and this is all on him. God's response, it says, And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offering. So the Lord commanded an angel and he returned his sword to its sheath. And that time David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He sacrificed there. If you caught through all this, David starts out rebellious. I'm not going to listen to you, Joab. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I want to count these guys. I want to show how strong I am. And so he sins. But then he repents of that. And he realizes, I have done wrong. And then after that, he sacrifices to God. He gave a blood sacrifice. The oxen. Do you understand that the Scripture tells us that the only way to get rid of sin is, is blood? I got a stain at home on my favorite shirt. And I have used everything. Lemon juice. I bought these little Tide Pods. Or little Tide Squirt things like Charlie Wolfinger always carries that you squirt on. I can't get that stain out for nothing. Nothing. Sin is a stain on the life of a believer. And especially an unbeliever. And the only thing that removes it is blood. Now David is offering a blood sacrifice to remove his sin and to write things with God and Israel. But understand this, it was not the blood of that oxen that he offered that did it. It was symbolic of the blood of Calvary's cross where Jesus Christ hung above the earth and shed his blood Amen. that we might have life and have it eternal. And because of that, we owe him the sacrifice of praise and glory and honor. I, I, the most I see a lot of things in life that amaze me, you know, and I have a lot of questions. Uh, 
But the most amazing thing to me is that God loves me. I have no idea why. Uh, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. I haven't done anything to earn it. And yet he loves me. And, and, and that makes me to share with him the sacrifice of place and give him all the glory and all the honor for what he had done and what he continues to do. And that should be the attitude of we who are followers of Jesus Christ. We should stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and, and, and wonder how he could love us, a sinner, still unclean. But he does. David come down to that floor and he offered that oxen, but it was a picture of what was to happen a thousand years later on Calvary's cross when Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice that we might have life and have it abundantly through him. I hope you know him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't, I invite you to ask him into your life you admit you're a sinner, you believe he died for you, and, and you confess him as Lord. And then he begins to change and work in your life. Listen, he called David to be king of Israel when David was 15 years old. And throughout David's life, all the way through, he was working and molding and shaping David. Till he had him of such character that at the end of this verse and in the next chapter, you see David talks about the fact he said, I wanted to build God a house. I wanted to build him a temple up here where this threshing floor is. But God told me no. Because David, you have shed innocent blood. You arranged for the death of Uriah the Hittite so he could marry his wife. David had developed in character so much so at that point, he didn't throw a tizzy fit. Say, but God, I'm the king. But Lord, I've done all these things for you. Lord, I want to build the house. He said, Solomon, that was his son. God is going to use you to build the house. And then if you read the scripture, the rest of his days, he was gathering cedar from Lebanon and he was gathering all the things that Solomon was going to do, need to build the house. That too is sacrifice. He gave up his dreams and his glory because God told him this won't work. And instead he said, Lord, then what can I do? And the Lord says, get ready. Have it all prepared so Solomon can handle it. Great, scrap, great chapter, great story, two great men of faith. Lord, we thank you for David. We thank that your word shows us all our biblical heroes complete with shortcomings. We're thankful for the progression we see in David's life until at the end he's able to say, Lord, I am submitted totally to your will. I am in compliance with your will. And if you say I'm not to do this, then I will prepare so that Solomon can do it. And I will give you praise. We thank you for Ornan. He was not of the people of the land. He was not an Israelite, but he was a believer. 
We're thankful that in the midst of crisis, he was about his daily business, showing his faith and his trust and his hope in you. We're thankful, Lord, that when it came time, he was willing to make complete, absolute sacrifice, even though it was going to cost him greatly, to bring you glory and praise, and that others might be saved from the wrath of the angel that you had sent. We thank you for them. We pray, Lord, that each of us this morning have taken lessons from this. We pray especially if there are those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they would understand the sacrifice He made on Calvary, that their sins might be remitted, removed, and uh, they might be regenerated through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.